1: Hello, this is Barca Talk. I'm Brian Henderson, your host for the rest of the season. Joining me today is Logan Steinley.
2: What's going on, guys? Thanks, everyone, for joining in.
1: Yeah, and today we're covering FC Barcelona's 4-1 win against Huesca last Monday and their 6-1 win at Real Sociedad on Sunday, showing a really good run of form lately and staying on Atletico's heels in the race for La Liga. So to start off briefly, it it feels like a distant memory. We're recording this right after the Sociedad match, which was you know just a gold bonanza, of course. So it's a distant memory, this 4-1 win against Huesca. Mm. And again, like we, we look back at these two games over the week, I don't think of Huesca as the one I was too concerned about. And yet, you know, the bigger win was against the team I was more worried about. Huesca, you know, is always kind of like that team that is like our punching bag, our whipping boy. Whenever we want to, you know, throw out an example of a horrible team, we cite Huesca. That's <laughs> that's just how it goes on this yeah. show. Um, so we won the game 4-1. Messi scored two. We had one from Griezmann and one from Mingesa. And one of the things that really stood out in this match against Huesca was that three of the four goals were shot from outside of the box. So Barca had five shots on target total, and four of those from were from outside the box, and three of those were actually converted to goals, starting with Messi's first goal in the 12th minute. And so that's kind of a shift in strategy, right? Instead of constantly trying to walk the ball into the goal, they're starting to take shots from a little bit of distance, not a ton, mm-hmm just a good distance, a little bit outside the box, and they were really getting some results out of that.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I think that's been the main problem, too, is, is- we try too hard for these goals and we're looking for the perfect shot when it's really never the case. And, you know, especially with teams that are in their deep block positions, it's really hard to get the perfect goal. I mean, we've been playing like that lately, but it's really nice to see guys like Pedri and Busquets actually stepping up and taking shots at the top of the box. So I'm really interested to see if we can keep up that form in terms of shooting and just being able to say, Hey, I have a couple feet of room right here. Just let one fire it off. And and it's working lately. So it's interesting. Well,
1: Part of it also had to do with uh, how Dembele and Griezmann were positioned because they were both playing, centrally right this is a recent development where we've seen Dembele position more centrally and for so long Griezmann has been sort of relegated to this quasi left wing position which is not where he's at his most effective not where he's at his most comfortable which we've talked about on this show many many times but now they're finally both playing more centrally and Alba and Dest are providing the width that Dembele for example used to provide Um, So we've been seeing more of Dembele in the center. Now we're seeing Dembele, Griezmann and Messi all in the center, Alba and Dest providing the width. So that was an interesting uh, tactical situation that actually created more space in the center for these guys to take these shots.
2: Hundred percent. I think I I don't know what you'd call. It. I'd say a three five two three four one one. <laughs> I don't know what it is because I've never seen such cycling from our lineup. You know, we've been in the four three three for so long with our pivot that it's just so interesting to see like an extreme tactical change. Three center backs is an extreme tactical change for us. So it's really interesting to see our guys how they're able to keep their chemistry on the ball all while completely transitioning their way around the field too let's not forget griezmann's coming back on defense like incredibly too like he almost feels like a sweeper at some points like a a center defensive mid which is incredible but um yeah it's seeming to work out and i think we're finally finding chemistry and bringing all these guys in the middle yeah so
1: weird too like sometimes alba is so uh, advanced he's playing as a winger and griezmann's coming back on defense it's like griezmann is the fullback and alba's the winger (laughs) and It's all jumbled up and but but these guys are really starting to find some fluidity Mm -hmm. and chemistry in in this seemingly almost chaotic uh, situation. And we've talked so many times on this show about how we've got players playing out of position, we've got players playing too many false positions. And the main thing is that it just wasn't working. Right. So we're sort of diagnosing that as the problem. Right. The fact that we've got uh, guys playing out of position, we've got guys playing uh, in false positions too much of the time. So maybe it's not so much that they're in bad positions or whatever. It's just that they weren't clicking because you could do that. And if it clicks, then it's great. If it's, if it doesn't, it's a nightmare.
2: Yeah, I completely agree too. It's one of those things where I've realized that we might not have the talent as of right now. We have a relatively young core group and guys that don't move around and aren't used to link up play as they usually are. Cause Griezmann obviously came from Atletico more of like a counter striking team. They had their space. I think players aren't really used to this deep block right now. So adding players into the middle and bringing that 3-5-2 and just plugging that midfield is helping us a lot. Because technically, I don't think we're the greatest link-up play team right now in terms of like being the old Barca, which is like, it's hard to replicate that in the first place. But being able to you know find our way through the final third hasn't been as easy as recent years. So it's nice to see that we're using our speed on the wings with, with, with Destin and Alba. And Alba's been incredible on offense as well. He's scoring goals. He's providing assists. I haven't seen this much of an offensive presence from him in recent years, obviously, he had had like that underlying cut past to Messi, which you'd see like every other game. But it's interesting to see how he's florist in this like more of an offensive role. Yeah, it was a
1: week or two ago. I forget how long, but I I discovered that uh, Alba had scored a goal and it uh, turned out that it was his fifth of the season. And that's <laughs> more goals than he's scored in the last five years, uh, any one of the last five years and more and the same as the last two years combined. So he is definitely shooting more and scoring more. Uh, this season so that's really good to see from Alba so um, as far as link up play you were saying that th- we don't have the best link up play right now and I, I agree with you but were you comparing Barcelona to Barcelona of past or Barcelona to another team right now
2: yeah it's it, I I think obviously as we know Tiki Taka is like our brand of football and we're not able to play out to the best of our, of our ability right now so it's definitely of a past past teams I'd say you know 2015 year 2016 year where we're able to you know tiki-taka around their final third get in balls and and we don't really have that nine to connect us with that link-up play especially too because all these guys are transitioning through and i personally i love dembele's um pace he unlocks the game with his pace but man in that final third when it really matters and you got to put you know one two here one two there triangle passing it's just not there right now so we're just finding a different way with what skills we have on our team right now to find uh, a new way to play technically which is interesting
1: Yeah, yeah. And as far as, you know, finding finding a way to score, we got that. um, The third goal actually came from Oscar Menguesa, and it was his first goal for the team. He put his height to good use to get into the air and had the ball into goal on a corner kick. And I don't think it was straight from the corner. It was I think they played it short, but then it was a cross in and he got up. And I, I don't know what you, because this is the first time you and I have uh, done the show together. I don't know how you feel about Minguesa, but he's been a really pleasant surprise for me this season. You know, he just sort of came up from Barca B
2: um,
1: as a, like a stopgap and he's turned out to be such a good player. So I was really happy to see him score. What's your take on Minguesa? Oh,
2: I completely agree with you. It's actually funny because all these people have all these center back plans, like PK next year, Raho, man of the future. And they're just forgetting about Minguesa having a stellar year. Yeah. And he was a right back on Barca B and he comes in and plugs the middle, he even when we're playing, you know, a four-three-three or you know, or four, uh four-two-one-three or however you say it, Eight, yeah, whatever, 8-7-6-5. yeah, exactly, just so random. Nine. But like, he comes in that center back position. Like, hey, I, I could see these two playing together for years to come. I know Eric Garcia is coming, and and we have a couple other center backs that we're planning to sell. But I really see him in like that complete center back role. Obviously he was a Barca B right back, but he doesn't have the pace to do it. He's been cooked in a couple of games of that position when he played. So it's actually really interesting to see him at center back. I like him a lot. I totally agree with you.
1: Yeah. So do you think that this, uh, that these two Mangesa and Araujo are maybe signaling a uh, long lays exit?
2: Oh, completely. Long let Tiddy. <laughs> titty uh, long Let's He's been, He's been pretty awful this year, and you you expect output from him considering he's 26, 27, getting into the prime of his career, and it, and what? Where's the incentive to not play our young guys if we have you know ten to thirteen years of quality football that we have left in these guys? So it's mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like, hey, why would we pay this guy so much money when we have La Masia products that have been here worked their the work their butt off to get in this position and they're almost they're probably haven't playing better than them this year for sure.
1: Yeah, well, like the thing in the past has always been like we've had these like good young guys coming up from La Masia but they don't ultimately deliver in the first team not the way that we expect them to and right now we're actually just sort of getting a nice crop of players from from the B team who are actually delivering at you know first tier status and also like for by Barcelona standards so that's really positive so let's leave that one behind and we could focus a little bit more on this What for me was the much bigger match of the week against Real Sociedad and by the numbers, of course, a much bigger win. So we'll get into that right after this break. Welcome back to Barca Talk. We just finished talking about the 4-1 win against Huesca last Monday. Now we're going to get into the 6-1 win against Real Sociedad at the Anahueta on the road in La Liga. Had two goals from Messi, two goals from Dest, one from Griezmann, one from Dembele. Just a fantastic game. display not just of scoring but of of football Um, one positional thing to to hit on that was happening early on in the match it it didn't necessarily um sustain throughout the match but one thing that was interesting was that we had defenders attacking and in attacking positions even more than we saw against Huesca for example like in attacking possessions we had Lung and Minguesa advanced along with Alba and Dest leaving actually Busquets and De Jong as the deepest sitting players it was a really interesting tactical situation to witness and like i said it didn't persist for the whole game but there were moments early on where it was uh, such an interesting thing to see two midfielders essentially serving as center backs
2: yeah completely interesting I, i'm really not used to it obviously being a pars fan and we we played so much so different for so long but to see that it's working too at such an excelled rate and you know the first couple months we've been we, we, we only use this for the second half of PSG, too. So it also made me think, wow, we're so successful with this. We just, that change of a tactical decision, it's it's pretty impressive to see how much we've changed and how how, how much success we're finding in such a new formation. And and it's really brought the emergence of, of Alba and Des. You could see today, man, they were completely in our offense. Des had himself two goals. First illegal goal today, so congrats to him. But yeah, I love seeing an American florist, especially, so... You know he's under the microscope in terms of uh, American football, so I'm loving, yeah. I'm loving it.
1: And apparently he's now already the uh, highest scoring American in Spanish football in La Le- in like in La Liga or something. Mm-hmm. He's he's already outscored Josie Altador, a forward. Yeah, that's he, incredible. And he did it in one game. And all it yeah. took was two goals. Apparently and that
2: tells you about American presence in uh, La Liga football, especially. But
1: yeah, very I very small. He's yeah. definitely I'd say one of the hottest uh, American players in Spain
2: ever mm-hmm. oh 100 and then
1: certainly right now obviously yeah um now another thing that la, that la real were trying out in this game and they've done it in the past we saw it in the supercopa final we've seen it before when they played is that they're not afraid to try and put pressure on barcelona and they were putting a lot of pressure on them in their own half they were making it actually pretty hard for barca to play the ball out of the back and yet they managed to do it most of the time, and as a result, Barca dominated the midfield battle in this game.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I believe, I mean, with a 3 5 2, there's so many numbers in the midfield for us, especially when Messi's dropping back, that it's just so much easier to link up for us. I think there's a lot more options, as well as being able to unlock the pace with Del Belly up front and put a ball through, especially with the wings opening up, too. So you have to think with the 3 5 2, so plugged, these guys are, you know, they're coming to the middle of the field, they're trying to, they're trying to defend Messi, Dembele, Griezmann, and they're not, they're forgetting, you know, we have guys on the wing with. Pretty, pretty decent pace too, and really attacking styles too. A lot of the stuff that I see with Des now is I, I. He is a great final third player. Nelson Sameto isn't even close to the final third player that Dest is he's oh, complete no. he can shoot he can pass he can dribble he's an incredible dribbler he's on, he literally feels like a winger at some points where it's just like how is this guy also play, can play defense but it's incredible to see his progression this year
1: yeah and in all but one instance i think when Ter Stegen made a bad pass and it led to a shot uh, that he saved and made a great save on the passing and the positioning in that in that back third where they were trying to play the ball out was really on point in this game. And that's how they were able to sustain that pressure from Real Sociedad. And then ultimately they backed off. They stopped putting that pressure on. Mm -hmm. And I think once they were down, you know, three, four goals, it was, they just weren't trying that hard
2: anyway. Yeah. I, I think it's also important to understand too, is like, these wingers, too, at the same time as you have these mids, they have less room to work with, too. So they're doing really well with not having a lot of options because so many people are in the middle of the field, like they have no one taking diagonal runs towards the sideline for the most part. Messi's not going to give you, uh, you know, a down-the-wing Type through ball with some pace. Everything comes back inside, so you technically can only go backwards or find a pass in the middle. That's you know highly saturated with defensive players. So it's pretty incredible to see what they're doing with plugging the the middle of the field.
1: And they're also at the same time, I think, because another thing that comes out of this three five two is when you when you load the midfield up so much, that gives you numbers. Pretty much everywhere you want them when you need them because it is a very mobile team. And like we were saying, it's a very fluid team right now. So we've got guys who are more than happy to and able to come back and defend. You know, Griezmann is a great example, um, but he's not the only one. Pedri will do that. He's very box to box. De Jong's very box to box. It's really only like what? Busquets and, and Messi who will walk a little bit more and they won't necessarily, uh, you know, run their butts off back and forth trying to do things. But when we have this midfield load. Now we can put guys in the box when we're trying to score. We can bring guys back to defend when we need to defend and it puts them in like this perfect position to, you know, to balance things out. And that's exactly how we got sort of these goals was like putting so many bodies in the box. Griezmann's goal in the 37th minute, that was a follow up on Dembélé's shot, which was a cross in from Alba. And if you look at that, they were two of only three or four guys who were in the box uh, being a part of that play.
2: Exactly. I mean, sometimes just filling the space is, is what you need, and we're able to find it. And you have to. Have, it's also important to see that we're also getting the ball back quicker now too, as you can see. I mean, it's we already have guys present in that in that final third, so you're seeing the team. Man, they're getting sucked in, they're getting pressured, and they're just kicking the ball right back to us. They're just playing kickball and clearing it. Back when we were playing our four two one three or whatever it was, honestly, I don't even know. It's so <laughs> different every game. Yeah. But you could see that we were having trouble getting the ball back in pressure, especially when Messi's up front and it's hard for him to get the ball back. I mean, he's a tactical outlier, though. He doesn't need to be pressing to get in the ball, but it's so much easier for us to get the ball back now.
1: And uh, we've already said a couple of things about Dest at this point, but... Uh... Was this his best game of the season? I'm pretty convinced that it was.
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. I, th- I think he's growing into his own a little bit here. He had a tough time, that first leg against PSG. And then after that, Mbappe cooked him the first game. I'm not going to lie. Mbappe oh, yeah. kind of co- he cooked him the first game. He, he let him out. know. He <laughs> let him know. He let him know who who's the golden boy or whatever. But <laughs> but since then, man, he's been pretty incredible and 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 it's looking like it's incredible to say other than Ra- Rafa Marquez we have another north american that's ready to like have a quality tenure at barcelona which is just extremely exciting
1: yeah yeah i mean he in this particular game right he had a lot of tenacity Down in the final third, as you've already mentioned, just Mm -hmm. all of his attacking prowess that he showed Mm -hmm. in this game. But also holding off defenders. There was that one play where he Mm -hmm. just kept holding on to the ball and kept moving around them. He had two guys on him. He was getting fouled. The foul didn't get called, but he kept on it. Uh, He was taking the fouls, holding on to the ball. And then he scores two goals. His first goal in La Liga and then that second goal. It was just a ridiculous run along the end line from Alba on that second goal for Dest. I mean, just a great game. For the American,
2: yeah, he can shoot, he can dribble. I mean, that dribble, as you were saying, was actually incredible. Uh, Splitting between those two guys, he did get fouled too, and he kept playing. We like to see that a little bit of a, I don't know. He doesn't stop. I love it. I love his motor. He keeps going. I I respect his play. He really plays for the badge. So it's it's so important to see a guy like him, you know, be able to enjoy the fruits of his labor, getting to those two goals there.
1: Yeah. And, you know, he's had kind of a, a rough season or he had a rough patch, definitely. Mm-hmm. And in the last you know, few games, really, ever since Kuhn went with this this five man midfield uh, situation, right? A three back system. But uh, he put Dest in the position to be more successful at what he is good at. And it hasn't been 100 uh, percent so far. But I think in this game, he really arrived in this position, really showed what he can do. And he's come back so, so far from where he was 2 3 months ago.
2: Yeah, 100%. I, and I think now more than ever obviously we saw Danny Alves and how he, you know, revolutionized the modern idea of what a right back is or a right wing back is and how important they are to your build up into your attack. So, we see guys like Trent Alexander-Arnold and we know that Serginho is able to somewhat play the similar style, although in the past in the earlier in the season he was much uh, you know, less able to go up on offense. So it's just nice to see him, you know, get the free range of motion and understand, hey, I might not have to gas myself getting back on defense every time because we have a couple guys deep and we have three center backs. So I can do what I can here up front on offense to help supply them with with also keeping somewhat of my energy because he does have to get back at points, of course. But I'm seeing a lot out of him that's pretty incredible.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And I honestly, for the first time this season, I thought – Okay, this is my guy going forward. Mm -hmm. Like, if he plays like this, he doesn't have to play, like, this well every single game. But, like, if he plays around this level on a consistent basis, yes, he is my guy. One or two weeks ago, I wasn't so sure. I was thinking, like, all right, so he's playing as a winger almost exclusively. And he's not even doing that great a job at that. He's not even coming back to do any defense. I think that was in the PSG game um, where I, I noticed that, and I was just feeling like he's clearly good. He's clearly talented. He is young, so we'll see what goes on. But like right now, I'm not that impressed. And now today, I'm I'm feeling yeah. completely differently.
2: He's getting the Danny Alves comparisons for me, honestly, mm-hmm. all day. It's like one of those days. You know, one day I'm like, who is this guy? He's, this is Nelson's made a part two, and then he's <laughs> giving me Danny Alves vibes. So yeah, <laughs> it's. It's, that's that's, quite a that's the life of a Barca fan. That's the life of a Barca fan, it feels like, the last couple of years, where you're just like, you're on one guy and the next day you're off. But yeah. I I, tr- I try to, I give him the benefit of the doubt. It's hard to come onto a team like this and excel. And and we also have to realize, too, is that he w- he was injured f- for a decent portion of the season, too. So he's still True. getting back into things and he wasn't putting in 90 minutes uh, game after game after game. We had West on the right back position, too. So I'm letting him settle into his role for now. I'm going to give him a little bit of slack here, obviously. But. It, he's been incredible yeah, yeah and, about
1: and this performance again just really like i think got him a lot of goodwill from the fans yeah. no doubt and now he's going to have some more room to to grow which is good yeah. that's what you want from a young player a player of yeah. his age and with his talent uh but on the other end of the spectrum we have the the veteran and the greatest player of all time leo messi getting in on the fun mm-hmm. uh getting his goal i mean at one point i was thinking like wow messi hasn't scored and he doesn't have to we can win this game it's all it's all good but you know he's leo messi when he sees other guys scoring he, he says hold my beer yeah. you know um busquets ball in though on this uh on Messi's Beautiful. first goal, his, his first assist, actually, of the game, even though Busquets had key passes in all three of the previous goals. But the way he put it in so perfectly for Messi to finish, that's another thing that's come up lately, is how something has happened that's allowed Busquets to really shine more. Um, whereas before, he was looking really tired and slow, and now he's in a position where he's doing everything that he's really good at all the
2: time. Yeah, I definitely believe that, too. I, I think he's he's such a field admiral. And in any case, he's great in any form, anyway. He can play. He's he's quality. But I was missing those over the top through balls the last couple of years, man. This is why we thought we bought Pjanic for is to put over the top through balls into these quick speedsters, and we haven't been able to do it as much. We usually play on our wings, try to get a ball in at the top of the box, cut back in. But it's so nice to see a ball just fly over the top beautifully, giving that rainbow drop into someone who could just one time it. We haven't seen that in so long, but I hope I hope to see a lot more of those in the in the future. That was a great pass by Busquets today.
1: Yeah. And, and, well, it makes you wonder, like, who else can do that apart from Busquets and Messi? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's like, we don't even, I I don't even know. Of the young kids, Mm -hmm. I would put my money on Pedri to be able to do it. But I haven't seen a whole lot of it from him yet. Not Mm -hmm. that I'm, like, I mean, he's a great player. Pedri's awesome. I'm very excited by Pedri. I'm not saying, like, whatever. He needs to be able to do that for me to like him. I love it. He's great. (laughs)
2: Yeah,
1: But, yeah, when you think about, like, the fact that Busquets, in maybe, I don't know, one or two Mm -hmm. more seasons, three at the most, I would guess, He's, you know, he's going to be on his way out and it is a really good skill to have in one of your, you know, playmaking, you know, through ball making midfielders is that kind of, you know, over the top pass perfectly placed into space with the negative spin. Not so far that the goalkeeper is going to get it, you know, it's like super easy, right?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I mean, this is what there's only a few players in the world that can make that pass in that yeah. moment. And it, it's. It's one of those things where it's just you can't. It's hard to pay for that because there's, it's just vision. It's just general football knowledge that a lot of guys don't have. And at this level, everyone's athletically capable, but there's only some that are able to bring their mind to a point where they understand where everyone is. They know where they need to put it, and that's just bu- what Busquets is, and that's why he's so good. Because at the beginning of the year, I'm like, oh, you know what, De Jong, De Jong, Pedri, Pooch. That's it. That's all I want. Bring back the four three three. Let that run. But. Busquets is playing so good that I'm like, how am I supposed to take this guy off the team? Like, I want him on the team for the next two to three years. Bring him in for 30 minutes every game. He's such an asset. I mean, that's
1: what we were saying at the beginning of this season is like, we love Busquets. He's still great and he's still very capable. um, But he can't necessarily play 90 minutes twice a week every week and still be that effective. That's what we were saying early on. And uh, we were right. But then something has happened, and lately he has been playing 90 minutes more and still being able to be effective. And I think really it's that he's, his duties have come down a little bit, and he's not having to run as much. And so, again, he can use his his incredible passing, his incredible positioning, and his one-of-a-kind vision to his game, and that's what sort of elevates everything around him. Now, the fun thing about Kuman is how late he makes his subs. And I've I've brought this up more than once. It's so infuriating that he won't make subs until, you know, the 70th or 80th minute, particularly if it's a draw or a narrow lead. So he's four goals up by the 56th minute in this game. So when does Kuman make subs? He actually made subs at a reasonable time. He put on Araujo and Ilash Moriba in the 67th minute. They were actually ready in, like, the 60th, but play just hadn't stopped until the 67th so that's when Busquets and Pedri came off and this makes good sense because Busquets even though he was having an amazing game he was also sitting on a yellow card since the 27th minute so just to be safe get him off the field and it was so great to see Odalho and Elish come on right at that time.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think he's been a lot better with that lately, especially with leads. I mean, there were games in, earlier in the year where we have, you know, three goal leads and we'd see Pooch on the field for two minutes. It's like, why even sub him in under that point? Yeah. And Setien did the same thing too, man. He, he, we have eight minutes at the game for these players because you have to realize with these young guys you want them to play more than 20 minutes a game this is what you have la masia for is to bring these guys on when you're killing someone you get these guys at least 30 minutes on the field and that's important that's part of growth is like these guys are going to come on and play 90 minutes for a game especially when we're in a title race like that so we need to make sure we ensure that Mariba and guys quality talents like this are getting at least you know 25 to 30 minutes a game when we can obviously because it's a lot harder now because we're not we're not killing people like we used to where we have you know this whole second half to let someone run we exactly. have Bojan who can just sit there for 35 minutes and just smoke someone. It's already 4-1 a half. So it, it's, it, it's incredibly important to be able to provide time for your players when you have the chance, especially since it's so rare lately.
1: Yeah, it's so rare. I mean, even not just Setien, but even going back to like late Valverde, a lot of the times they were holding off on making changes until later on in the game because mm-hmm. they were still hoping that their original eleven would get them the result that they wanted and they either weren't leading or they weren't leading by enough to feel comfortable making changes. But what's funny about that to me is that, you know, whoever you're going to put on the bench for that game, you should still feel like someone on there is going to be able to make an impact for you. And that Mm -hmm. if you don't have the lead that's as big as you'd like it to be or you're at a draw or even if you're losing you want to have someone at least one person on the bench who you feel like is your your impact player your person who's going to change things around and get a different result but so often we've seen these these managers pick their favorite you know their top 11 and you can tell that it's their top 11 from the get-go and then they just won't make a change if if the score isn't right where they want it to be and it seems like to me like they don't actually believe in their bench to turn things around which is a real real bummer but in this case, we had the, the cushion, right? Kuman mm-hmm. had the buffer, so he made the changes early on. And then, like, 79th minute, puts Brethwaite in for Dembele. Fine. And then 85th minute, puts Ricky and Trinkow on for Destin Griezmann. A little bit early for Ricky, really, you know? Like you were saying, we're, we're used to seeing Ricky come on in, like, the 88th, 89th minute. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but then he, get, he gets those three minutes. He gets those three minutes and gets off. He's the, we, like some trying to get his sale price up. I don't know, but he's the three so, minute man. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it, it's so nice to see him play. He plays so well. Like yeah. sometimes I just don't. I, I understand. Yash is playing well. I'm sorry if I pronounce his name wrong. Elish Ilaish. Yeah. Sorry. But he, he, exactly. he <laughs> stepped over Pooch in the pecking over it seems. Cause he's definitely comes first, but Pooch did you see that first time ball to Alba to provide Messi that goal? Like oh, those yeah. are things we in the link up play at the, at the, at the final third, where he's just a little bit better than a lot of the other midfielders I see on the team.
1: Yeah. I mean that particular kind of thing, I don't see anyone else doing that. And if yeah. you look at that second, that goal, Messi's second mm. goal, look at everyone who was involved. You had mm. Moriba, Minguesa, mm. Ricky also, mm. Alba and Messi, so, right? So you got mm-hmm. these three young guys all contributing mm-hmm. to that goal, all La Silla guys, all Barca B guys, and yeah, that first time, like I don't, I don't even see Pedri making that yeah. pass
2: outside the foot. That was incredible outside the foot too. I'm pretty sure, just like not even looking, just knows where he's at, and that's what we're missing is guys like that where they just turn and it doesn't matter. They know where they're going no matter what.
1: Yeah. So really good substitutions. Nice to see the young guys. I mean, of course, again, it's uh, it always helps when you have a four to five goal buffer and you Mm -hmm. you can just do whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, Neto, get some time in goal. Why not? Yeah. A lot less pressure. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, Societa did get that one goal. Uh, It was actually a really well taken goal uh, not to take anything away from them. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, six one loss, that's uh, that's got to be a tough hit. To take but you know that's um, that's the game uh but one final thing to mention was actually uh Dembele he was left out of this whole uh scoring bonanza for so much of the game and then he just sort of like makes his own fortune right he dribbles mm-hmm. into the box it's 1v2 sets himself up for goal number five and in that particular case he came from this deep central position which is we someplace we almost never see him coming from he's mm-hmm. So often been out on the wings, but lately he's Mm -hmm. been in the center, but he's been more like a center forward trying to stretch the defense somehow, just as luck would have it. He was sitting a little bit deeper and then he makes this great run, this great dribble into the box, beats two guys, sets himself up and has a great finish.
2: That was an incredible goal. I'll give him that. But (laughs) to be honest, Brian, I am not on the Dembele train. I don't think he has what it takes as a final third guy. I don't think he's able... As well able as a lot of other wingers on the team to pass, provide for others. Also, I think he's just a little bit scatterbrained when he gets into the final third. Sure. Because when he finds face when uh, space, I'm sorry, when he finds space, he's able to just attack, attack space, attack space, attack space. But when he gets into these tight spots, which we're used to seeing, Barcelona is used to seeing extreme tight spaces with these deep blocks. So it's one of those things where it's not Barca DNA. I'm sorry to say that for all the fans out there that are on debate. He's been playing okay this year, but I'm seeing other guys on the team that are able to tax tighter spaces, able to pass and able to make quicker decisions. That's how I feel about him.
1: The big thing with him is that he's not much of a passer, I don't think. I mean, like, he can make a pass, obviously. He's yeah. A, you know, yeah. he's a professional footballer. But I just mean, like, he he doesn't have that that Barcelona-style or exactly. level of, of passing. Great mm-hmm. dribbling um, mm-hmm. when he is in the right headspace. But, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. He He does seem to have this scatterbrain uh, thing going on and i just wonder though like he had so many injuries he was out for so long over the last two three years with various injuries right at a time when you want to be developing a lot and like it's i mean this age that he the age that he was at when he was injured that's when most young players hopefully are gonna be playing a ton of minutes and doing most of their development as they're entering like the top tier of a top tier league. And he didn't have that opportunity. So I feel like he's sort of in a state of arrested development and I hear you like um, I wouldn't be surprised if he just ultimately kind of doesn't deliver and we um, sell him in the next season or two, that wouldn't shock me at all. And I think that what you're saying right now will turn out to be proven correct, but I think it could just as easily go the other way if he avoids injury and is able to do that developing that he hasn't been able to do really the last two, three years.
2: Yeah, completely fair. I totally agree with you. I think you do have to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I'd like to say, yeah, I'll give him another year on a contract. But when you pay, you know, someone $122 million uh, release fee and get this guy and you expect all these things and he has all these injury problems, that sucks for sure. I definitely do agree though. It could just, it could go uh, either way. Um, He could definitely find a way to pass, but it's one of those things where I just feel like it's a mental thing for him. Like he's not, mentally capable of making these quick-witted decisions in space and he doesn't have that football mind. He's more of like athletic capability guy, which is fine. He can strive somewhere else. It's just like the wrong team, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. I just feel like it's the wrong team to play for because – you look at all that, a lot of these guys too when they play for these top six clubs, top six clubs in these leagues and they're not able to find success and they go to a team where they get just that little bit more space or that one second more of less pressure, they find a way to succeed and it's one of those things where you just have to be an elite tier player, an elite tier player because everyone at this level is able athletically. It's all mental from here on. It's 90% mental realistically.
1: Yeah, that indecision factor is a big mm. thing with him, and I would—that's probably the biggest part of his game that we need to see him develop. Right? It's not his skills on the ball, obviously. It's his ability to make a decision, <laughs>
2: and hopefully, make which the might right seem, one. Exactly. Which might seem so easy, but it's the hardest part about football, obviously. And it's—it's it's one of those things where it's—you can't just learn the mental side of football all of a sudden at twenty-three. In my opinion, right. I think it's like over time. You know, as a kid, you get it—you know—brainwashed into you that. These guys are going to be here on this team, and this is how I'm supposed to be looking at these things. It's 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 more embedded into you over time. It's not saying, hey, I snap a finger, hey, this year I'm going to think better about about this pass or this. It's it's harder. It's harder to develop in that case mentally. So we'll see. I I he definitely has the you know the capabilities athletically like I said. Yeah. But over time hopefully we'll see. We'll see if he can start connecting with his teams as he as he grows into his position and this is his first full year too. So Right,
1: right. Yeah. So it's very much a holding pattern. But yeah, I could definitely see it going either way and uh, I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be mad about it either way. So, uh, we have next week off. Uh, With several players fulfilling their international duty, we're going to take the weekend off. Um, But we will be back in two weeks after Barcelona have played Real Valladolid. I'm not sure who will be on the show uh, because, again, Logan, you're filled in last minute for Craig, who's sick from his vaccination. So we're Mm -hmm. glad that Craig is getting vaccinated bummer that he doesn't feel well uh and we'll see who i'm doing the show with in two weeks uh logan thanks again for doing this last minute really yep. appreciate it
2: no problem that's the pooch sub right there that's the logan Stanley pooch sub <laughs>
1: that was you that
2: 93rd minute two minutes i'll get it get me in you know i'll do what i can look at you the, with the hot the takes on the outside of your foot <laughs> exactly exactly that's all
1: i got all right we'll be back in two weeks everyone thanks for listening